Hello, everyone. It's your favorite homeboy, Zach Iconic Thomas. Welcome into So Far, So Hood, the place for those who are misunderstood, baby. This is your home. Kick your feet up. Let's talk about some things and let's spill some tea. Welcome back to So Far So Hood. We have made it another week. It feels like the longest week ever, but it feels so short at the same time. I was thinking, I was like, when was the last time I recorded the podcast? I was like, has it been a month? Nope, it's only been a week. It's only been a week. And it's been a very eventful week. Okay, in personal life, in political news, in pop culture. I don't know what's going on with the moon and all this stuff, but it is going off. Okay, people are snapping. We have some beautiful news to run up on in the weekly run up. We will be discussing Lord's new album, Solar Power. That that's going to be the main event. Okay, that's like the main event, even though it's at the beginning. That is the main event of everything. Lord, 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 she ate it. We will talk about it. So in addition to talk about Lord, we will also be revisiting the queen, Olivia Rodrigo, and discussing her new music video for Brutal, which came out. I don't. Ooh, ooh, ooh. When they be doing surprise drops, y'all be thinking y'all slick, huh? Y'all be thinking y'all slick. Dropping music videos and all this stuff out of nowhere. (laughs) Please, please get help. And then there's BMA nominations, the Met Gala. So we will also talk about those things, too. And our main topic for the day will be how black people cultivated pop music, how black music is pop music and how pop music is black music. So we will be breaking that stereotype of what black people listen to and how we intake our music. So, yeah, it's going to be a episode about music in there's a lot to talk about because people are insane, insane. Lord, she put, <laughs> ooh, Lord put both her elbows in that album, okay? She put both her elbows in that album. So let's get into this week's weekly run-up. But before we, st- we do that, I'm your host, Zach Iconic Thomas. If this is your first time listening, go to the So Far So Hood Show Instagram at So Far So Hood Show follow that that is the hub okay that's where we hang out we kiki and you can follow my instagram at zach underscore iconic underscore thomas and make sure you rate and review on apple Podcasts because that helps with the algorithm okay the vice president al gore okay if you don't know him please look him up you should know your vice presidents and presidents okay know them facts know your history so that helps with the algorithm rating and reviewing and yeah that is all we have for the pre-news, but let's get into the, the weekly run-up. Let's go, let's go, let's run. Come on, come on, get your shoes, let's go, get your keys, let's go, come on, come on. We will be starting off this week's weekly run-up by discussing Lord and her new album, Solar Power. Claps, claps, claps. It sounds like a whole strip club in here, all the claps, okay? Lord, 
Thank you. Thank you. I've been asking for so long for the album. I'm, I'm, I was like, I can't even get my words out. Okay. I was just asking like, Lord, drop an album. Please drop an album. Drop an album. Please drop an album. Lizzo, drop music. Drop music. And the girls are, they're, they're doing it. They're dropping music. And I am, I'm more than thankful that not only did Lord drop an album, but she left no crumbs. Okay. You don't have to worry about roaches or bugs or nothing coming in because she left no crumbs. Like there's no crumbs anywhere. It's, it's just the plate is clean and spotless. All right. Happy face, happy face. So this is the first time reviewing a whole album on the podcast. So what I'm going to do is we're going to look at the critic reviews. Then I'm going to give my opinion and we're going to go through my favorite songs off the album. So if you have not listened to it, you can still listen to this beforehand and get your feel of Lord and her album Solar Power. Because when I tell you, you will turn into renewable energy real quick. It's going to be an experience. All right. It's like eating a fresh cucumber. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. So let's read some of these critic reviews. So on Metacritic's, the album Solar Power has a user a user score of 8.7 and a meta score of 69. Ha 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 so let's let's read what the critics think. And I'm going to start off by reading you the highest rating one, which gave the album a 100 out of 100. And it says this album grows in a quiet stature with every listen. New nuggets of wisdom making their way to the surface, peeking through its beautiful instrumentation that weaves a, stu- a stunning leafy tapestry. Few artists strike gold on every record they create. But for the third time in a row, Lord has done it again, crafting yet another world, a world beater, world beater. Damn, I ain't never heard of that before, but that that's what someone who really was feeling the album. That's what they had to say. So to juxtapose that a little bit, I'm going to read you the, the the lowest one, which gave her a 40 out of 100. Damn, you just, you really get, oh, did she turn in the assignment late? Like, damn, a 40 out of 100. You took off points. You was like, oh, you turned it in 10 minutes late. I'm taking off 20 points. You wanted them. You wanted them, huh? You wanted them, huh? A 40 out of 100. Come on now. Come on now. Okay. To um, Let's see. Let's see. To summarize this, because this article calling her a bitch and stuff and saying she um she a hoe and all this. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. It's not saying that. It's not saying that. Um, it says the disappointment of solar power feels intense because Lord had set the bar so high that David Bowie thought she was the future of music. And it also says that solar power finds Lord swapping her trademark directness for tombless detachment. Damn, y'all are using words and phrases today. World beater, tombless detachment. Okay, those are two polar opposite um, descri- descriptions of 
the album that just shows you how music is so subjective and powerful to where it can affect people differently. And with me, I tuneless attachment is a a far fetched description for what the fuck she was attempting, but I don't think it was her greatest work because you all you already know the the power of her this discography as it is. However, solar power it goes there, it goes all the way there, and you can feel it. And it's a great motherfucking album. It's a great listen. It's a good ass listen. I'm going to get into my thoughts on the album because, you know, that's that's what the fuck. That's what the fucking tea is. We have to spill the motherfucking tea. OK. She's a you know, she's not really a a punch you in the face type album. You know, she's not really she's not really going to punch you right in the face, but she's a she's a slow listen. She is a slow listen. So if you don't like albums like that, you probably won't enjoyed this all the way but however if you soak into the artistry of lord you will not regret it you will not regret it i give the album an a it's an a rated album an a rated album now an a plus an a plus is something different right an a plus is different but this is an a rated album like come on lord come on now so the, my favorite songs off the album are the path solar solar power of course a bop california Stoned at the Nail Salon, Secrets from a Girl, Dominoes, and Mood Ring. Okay, so I'm going to go through. I'm going to tell you just a little bit. Just a little bit, all right? The Path. The Path is a great opener, right? And it has a great transition. Lord does amazing with her transitions within the song. She does it so smooth. And it's an amazing opener. And the way she forms the songs and does her structure it feels like the instrumentation resembles a sun rising in a way because the album is solar power. It's like the way you do these transitions so powerfully, it's like it's going from night to day. So the path was really good. And then you have solar power, which is it's a bop. Okay, that's a throw that ass type song. It grew on me like Ivy because at first I wasn't really feeling it. But as you listen more and more, oh, yeah. That's a throw that ass type song. And anyone who wants to deny it, they just, they just, they hate it, okay? When I was at my college tour, we were in the the little lecture hall thing, and they're like, can someone, <laughs> let's listen to music. Can someone play music? And then someone said, can you put Solar Power on by Lord? <laughs> and everyone was like, uh, no. <laughs> I was like, yep, y'all better drag. Y'all better drag Lord for no reason. But it's a threaded ass type song, okay? And then California, once again, great instrumentation. It sounds amazing. Stone at the nail salon. Ooh, 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 it's scrumptious. Secrets from a girl, another threaded ass type song, all right? It's bop. It's a boppy. It's boppy. It's a boppiana, all right? It's a boppiana. Secrets from a girl. Is a bopiana. Bop, bop, bop. Dominoes. I love it. I love it. It is too damn short. Some of these songs are too damn short. Now, Mood Ring. Mood Ring is the song. Mood Ring is the song that you need to listen to right now. If you don't have time to listen to a full album, listen to Mood Ring. Okay? All right? 
it it paints an image in the representation of feeling whole through an object, also known as her mood ring. And I just, I freaking love it. I love it. The music video is gorgeous. Lord, A-rated album. Thank you for dropping music. A lot of people need to follow suit, okay? And drop albums, okay? The year's about to be over. Y'all need to release music. And now let's talk about somebody else crazy, Miss Olivia Rodrigo. She is crazy. She is crazy. On Monday, she was like 10 minutes, brutal music video coming out. What? 10 minutes, brutal, brutal music video coming out in 10 minutes? You, you saying it like it's a motherfucking TV dinner or something. Like you had it in the oven. Girl, now I got to look at it and analyze it. And I, I loved it. If you have not heard the song, you have. You have. You have heard the song. If you think you don't know the song, you know it. It's one of those type of songs because it's a bop and it's been everywhere. So when I put the music video on, I had it on my phone and I was like, I'm about to throw my phone. As soon as it turned on, I was like, I'm about to throw my phone. So I had to put it on my TV because the web intro, I was like, oh, I love the theme. I love the theme already. I love the vibes. I am loving the idea and how she actually, she puts work into her stuff. They don't do that no more, okay? The kids don't do that no more. They just get on the music video and they jump around like they had a bag of jelly beans in their ass, right? They just do whatever they want and they don't even put effort into it. But guess what? Olivia Rodrigo, she said, nah, boo. We're gonna give you the whole package. And that's what she did. And that's what she's, she's been doing with this whole rollout of the Sour album, okay? This is how you get a Grammy. This is how you get noticed by the Academy. This is how you get your Gram Gram. The music video embodied the song as it discussed topics of social media, plastic surgery, and taking in the daily news. And it did all that while being a back to school bop at the same time. So the vibes of the video, A+, plus. the aesthetic of the video, A+, plus. the imagery, A+, plus. also the fashion. Olivia Rodrigo can wear the fuck out some clothes, okay? She... The beauty, the beauty. She is the one. She is it. She's legendary. She is. We're watching someone who's going to be a megastar unfold right before our eyes. And it's amazing to see. Thank you for dropping the um, surprise release. Okay. That 10 minutes, like it's a damn, like you making two hot pockets or something. I, <laughs> surprises or they, they. They make my weave itch. They make my weave itch. But thank you, Olivia. Thank you. Now, really, really quickly, let's talk about what the fuck is going on with these VMA nominations and the Met Gala. Okay? Like, <laughs> what the hell? So, the VMAs are September 12th, I believe. And the Met Gala is September 13th. So, we will be getting them back to back. And hopefully, we get fashion moments. We get so much to talk about and it's not as boring as it's anticipated to be. Dang, my phone going off. Oh, oh, it's not as boring as it's anticipated to be because the, the VMA nominations this year, Loki made no, no, it made no noise. I don't even feel like going to the website to look. <laughs> I don't even feel like it because, you know, you got, you got WAP. It's nominated for video of the year. 
You got <sighs> Kiss Me More. That's on there. That's nominated. It's like <laughs> the VMA nominations. I don't. <laughs> it's like what? Do you, what? What now? What now? After everything has already been done, what is there left for the girls to do? And the Met Gala. I don't know if someone's playing in the Met Gala's food, but the seating charts. They, they it must be fake because they talk about they're gonna have Taylor Swift and Addison Rae sitting next to each other and Charlie Demilio and Demilio gonna be sitting next to like what what is going on and James Charles got invited this has to be fake this has to be fake the Met Gala the Met Gala why do y'all want James Charles at the Met Gala so he could put on some floss and walk around and do a dance y'all please do better there's so many black people y'all could be inviting to the Met Gala and black beauty influencers I'm hoping that this whole seating chart and all this mess is fake because I don't know whose pill cabinet y'all been popped into once again but no 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 and that's the end of our weekly run up damn 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 that was a lot of news okay and that wasn't even the top layer of everything that happened in pop culture this motherfucking week. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with our topic, which is going to be about black music and how black music is pop music and how pop music is black music. So stay in tune because we'll be right on back. We back, we back, 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 we back. We scoliosis back, we back. We laying down on your back, we back. <laughs> Today's topic, we will be talking about black people and pop music. And I wanted to discuss this topic because as I further discuss music and the things which catch my my eye and my attention, I wanted to elaborate on the importance of breaking the stereotype of having people of having black people listen to a particular type of genre genre of music because all music has been influenced by black people all genres of music has derived from black people and i wanted to specifically hone in on pop music and Give you a little a little history lesson on where black people came into the the picture of making pop music what it is today. So growing up, I never fit into the stereotype of listening to a the same music that my family listened to or that some of the kids at my elementary school slash junior high would listen to. I was the the black person who listened to pop music who honed in on people like Miley Cyrus and Taylor Swift 
I was from the the age of five ever since Hannah Montana came out, and I was immediately in awe of that was my introduction to music, Hannah Montana. So listening to that growing up, being a a black a black child, and already knowing how it is growing up as a, a black a black little boy, and you're expected to not only listen to a particular type of music, you're expected to grow up to be masculine. So me listening to Hannah Montana, this feminine, Caucasian type music, it was, I I knew it was a, a root of concern, but the reasoning behind it being the root of concern is something called simple ignorance because guess what baby Hannah Montana got her music from black people okay because guess what every single genre of music is black music it came from black music and we really need to dissect how there is this essence of white configuration to pop music for no reason and Every single genre is authentically black, whether people want to believe it or not. So ideas like the like these, they're not as apparent as they used to be when I was growing up. However, this is why the industry is so reluctant to accept the black artists because they see it as a huge risk factor as of, oh, wow, who's going to relate to this artist? Because if this particular artist is a black person and they're doing something that does not fit the mold of R&B or rap, who's going to listen to them. So this, this, the simple idea of it is really it's, it's halting the progress of having more black people pushed into the spotlight of the music industry. That's why we really need to get rid of it and realize that every single thing that black people have done, it's it's been erased through some way. It's been erased, cover up, and deleted from history. But baby, when it comes to pop music, all you have to do is a simple Google a Google search, a simple Google search, and you will know you will know your history. So, due to pop culture, popular culture, which is what it is, being segregated much like everything was media music film it was often provided on the basis of you're black you're white this is for you this is for you so simple i'm simply reading you this information off history.com in in 1926 a self-taught musician named big bill brunzi who was born Lee Conley Bradley, found his way to Chicago. He was a sharecropper turned soldier who left Mississippi and headed north to escape the pervasive racism of the Jim Crow South during the, the most detrimental point in time of history. He went with thousands of others with during the Great Migration, he was a part of that, that section of history. And like many other black men, he was a janitor, 
in a Pullman Porter. He was a cook and he found himself in front of a microphone in a recording studio and he became a blues musician. And Broomsey's records would be sold as something known as race records, okay? Race records. Race records were recordings that were meant for black audiences, but though he recorded hundreds of songs, he was while responding to the national hunger of black voices and black music, he he didn't make money. He stating I didn't get no royalties because I didn't know nothing about trying to demand for no money. See, that was a direct statement from him. So he he just made his music. He just made his music. And Lee Conley Bradley would then on become the, the foundation of being the pioneer of music in the black community. And this is the, the basic level of how the and you know like a seed how the seed has been planted and then it, it sprouts this is where the seed is and this is where it sprouts into pop music and why pop music is black music so after the 1940s race records would eventually die out and white people will realize oh wait this music is kind of better <laughs> And it was, it was, no shade. And they realized this music is better. So elements of race records, they were touched upon and grabbed from. And that's where so many white artists got their influences from back in the day. And pop music, the term like pop culture is popular music. So really, before the term was coined, pop music was whatever was just popular at the time. That could have been folk, R&B, such and such. There was not really, you know, pop music back in those days. But pop music was introduced through the Billboard Billboard Top Hot 100 that was created in 1958. And the first black man to get at the top of the 100 was Tommy Edwards with his song It's All in the Game. If you have not heard that song, please listen to it. It's amazing. It is amazing. And after Tommy Edwards would lay the foundation of getting that number one, the first year the charts was, was created, it would be black women who would sprout black music into pop music. You have legends like Dionne Warwick and Diana Ross who simultaneously were releasing music that was popular and was cultivating black music. However, Diana Ross, after she split from the Supremes, she became the the beacon of black pop music as I guess they they saw Diana Ross as more marketable. So it would be Diana Ross, you know, queen legend Diana Ross She was the root of it, you know? Now we've gone from the seed to, like, you know, it's starting to grow a little bit. It's starting to grow. So it's black women who's really watering this plant and taking it from one step to another. And then, you know, you get into the Jackson 5, presented by Diana Ross, of course. 
when they get their first number one, which was I Want You Back. We all know that song. A hit, a hit. That's when you really started getting those heavy pop elements in your black music. Like if you listen, if I Want You Back were to come out today, which it never would, that would be a pop song. It's, that is a pop song. That is pop music and it's good music. Following like the following the success of the Jackson Five and Michael Jackson, then you have legend Whitney Houston, who also was heavily infused with pop, but gave you that that pop with the essence of soul in it. So like pop music with soul in it, because I want to dance with somebody like pop song. It's a good ass pop song. So the the stigmatism of black people listening to pop music or not listening to one genre is just due to the washing away of history, especially in black culture. Because after Whitney Houston, then you had Janet Jackson when she really she brought you the the sexuality of pop. She brought that in the in the the fashion of it, also with Prince, and then. You get Mariah Carey, who gives you the R&B and the pop. So it's, it's like generations and generations of black people and black artists. It's like a relay race when they pass the baton. It's like, I'm going to run. I'm going to run. Here you go. I'm going to run. I'm going to run. Here you go. And we have to make sure that we can't forget that because, baby, pop music, it makes my world go around. It makes my world go around because it's in my blood. It's in my blood as a black man, whether people believe it or not. And in the most modern sense of things, because this is, even though it's a lot of information, this is still just surface level. Like there's so many black artists, so, so, so many that have been passing the baton. But really touching on like the the peaks in a modern sense of things it was Nicki Minaj who really brought black culture and pop music together releasing super bass super bass and baba boom and all that stuff it's Nicki Minaj and she doesn't really hop on pop tracks like that anymore but however comma she was the one she was the one to where this day and age, you look at her and you're like, that's black. That, that was black pop. That was a whole moment. And now, like, now you see white artists being presented with elements of black. They don't, they don't want no white person anymore, really. That's not really what really people look for. It's always like they want their artists to have an element of black in them without the artist being black. And that's because of the power of what black people have done for pop music and pop culture in general. So never forget your history. Never forget your history. And we have to stop judging within the community simply because our history has been washed away from us. We have to stop. And at a young age, I just took in the, the music that I liked and the, the artists that I loved and that's simply what everyone should do. So, yes, we will be talking about Miley Cyrus. Yes, we will be talking about Taylor Swift because I know these girls are going to be dropping music this year. And those are my girlies. And it's 
it all has derived from us. It all has deri- derived from black people. It all has derived from black culture. So let's enjoy music. Let's have a good time with our music. It's not that serious at the end of the day. So we're going to take a break and we'll be right back with Zach Excellence. You know, that's the shit. Okay. That's my shit. That's my way. So stay tuned for more So Far So Hood because we're not done yet. We're not done yet. Welcome back. Did you enjoy your break? Oh my gosh. Did you go and um get a five course meal from Red Lobster or Olivia Garden? Did you did you go and do your laundry? How did you did you enjoy that long scrumptious break? Well, we are back with Zach Excellence. And this week we are talking about someone who we have already mentioned this episode, and that is Miss Dion Warwick. Yes, because she did the same thing as Diana Ross in a sense, but she doesn't get as much credit as Diana Ross, but we're going to read about Miss Diane Warwick and I'm going to tell you about her life and a little bit about her, her upbringing. So I'm reading you this from biography.com. Born Marie Dion Warwick on December 12th, 1940, one day after my birthday. Hello, Sagittarius gang in East Orange, New Jersey, New Jersey. That is one fuck of a word. You see, you remember that speech impediment I mentioned in episode one? New Jersey. Okay. Dionne Warwick has enjoyed a tremendously long career as a singer. She comes from a gospel music background as the daughter of a record promoter and a gospel group manager and performer. As a teenager, Warwick started up her group, the Gospelaries, I guess that's how you pronounce it, with her sister, Dee Dee, and aunt, Sissy Houston. After finishing high school in 1959, Warwick pursued her passion at the Hart College of Music in Hartford, Connecticut. She also landed some work with her group singing backing vocals for recording sessions in New York City. During one session, Warwick met a guy named Bert and he hired her to record demos featuring songs written by him and lyricist Hal David. A record executive liked Warwick's demo so much that Warwick got her own record deal. It was all the way up from there as she became the one of the first black women to start getting top 10 hits on the Billboard Hot 100. So in 1962, Warwick released her first single, Don't Make Me Over. It became a hit the following year. And then she released multiple top 10 hits such as Walk On By, I Say A Little Prayer, and her hits spanned all the way to as recent as 1985 when 
she released her number one hit. That's what friends are for. So this woman has been doing decades of work in the music industry. And she saw through the adversities of race and discrimination at the time. And still she experienced multiple incidents of mismanagement that caused her to have some financial backlash as a result. But she saw through that also. And she still to this day is a living legend. So Dion Warwick, you are Zach Excellence. Thank you for everything that you have done for the community. Ah, ah. It, it, it would not be possible. Just imagine if we did not have Dion Warwick. Do you do you really think we would have Lizzo today? Think about it. Think about it. So that's the end of our show. I hope you had an amazing time. Thank you for coming back. Thank you so much for listening. And if you are not following the So Far So Hood Show Instagram, follow that at So Far So Hood Show. You can follow my Instagram at Zach underscore iconic underscore Thomas. And be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And yeah, we've made it through another week. So come back next week because we need to see if our lives are still so far so hood. Spoiler alert, they will be because we badass bitches. Ah, we make it through. Ah, I'll talk to y'all next week. Ah, deuces, deuces. Ah, pay your light bill, pay your light bill. Ah.